tuned in to The Frankie Files. Welcome to Episode 2 of The Frankie Files. It is happening. And this week I got a couple of um, correspondences from old associates that I used to work with in Portland and some in Vegas. Uh, One was from Patrick and Krista. And they said, your courage will help so many people, and I'm excited to see what's next for you. Very sweet. Thank you very much. I also got a note from Allison Windsor, producer of Dollface Entertainment. A congratulations, a book is an incredible accomplishment. You're right. I can't wait to publish it. Thanks, Allison. From Bayou Betty in Portland. Congratulations and good for you. Stay strong. I can't wait to hear and read your book. Thank you so much, Bayou Betty. Miss you. So today I'm getting into the topic of sexuality in society for the abused. What is the place in society for a sex assault victim? My answer, there isn't one. There isn't one. First, society, we need to face the reality that abuse happens to both young men and women, and also adult men and women. The abuse have to carry guilt and shame in society simply because there's no place to safely confront our abusers. The guilt we hold eats us alive until it can no longer be contained, until some sort of thing happens. An action must take place eventually. Often that action is suicide. And of course, if you're suicidal, Google the suicide hotline right now. Don't mess with that. Don't even mess with that. The victim sees no other recourse at times, though. Uh, Some of those who are intelligent see the cage they've been put in. If you speak to anyone, uh, the victim sees that the abuser who has forced their way into the victim's life still holds the upper hand. The abuser is in their head, their thoughts, and their memories forever. Very few abused get the chance to confront their abuser safely. I myself, for example, never have gotten that chance. Not yet, anyway. Even as a sex abuse survivor, I've even found myself thinking shameful thoughts due to the cultural indoctrination we've had. When, say, I see a lawsuit on sexuality going on, you know, assessing the girl and her prettiness as to try to figure out why she got abused. That's so wrong. I know how thick the indoctrination truly is. And the indoctrination of society is that the victim did something to deserve getting attacked or abused. The indoctrination and popular belief has zero, and I repeat that, zero sympathy from society. If something happens to you in this arena, you're truly on your own. So it's a secret. And you then participate in keeping the secret that your abuser wants you to keep. Simply because facing societal reprimand seems scarier. We're entering into a pact involuntarily, and it's it's just a pact of hell. Where does a sex victim belong in society? We belong everywhere. Often we gravitate to those who might also understand us. Sexual fetish community, the sex industry, places that indulge in overt sexual behavior. Because we're forced into overt sexual behavior, ready or not often as our first experience. The abused didn't ask for this, no matter what you were told. Let's get that straight. Virgins do not choose to be abused. 
They don't seek the sexual attention of an older predator or pedophile. The pedo is looking for a new prey. That's who chooses. Then it's the victim's puzzle to figure out what to do with what happened. Often society expects us to go to a psychiatrist and tell a stranger all our secrets. Expects us to be experiments for someone we pay to learn about the human condition. Because trust me, very little is truly known about the impact this type of trauma really has on the brain. I choose not to be a guinea pig for a therapist. I chose to explore my own sexual identity and figure out who I am and what I like. But it's truly a workaround since your first initial sexual contact was already ruined and your wiring doesn't want that to happen again. There has got to be a term of referring to victims that is healing rather than reshaming. I'm asking listeners in this episode to give me feedback via the various apps, texts, or email on what term you think a survivor should be called. There's got to be a term that's healing and comforting to us, but I haven't found it yet. Most terms are degrading or offensive. Moving on from that, as a recovering sex assault victim, if your abuser is still alive, they can taunt you to fear a repeat incident. There's still active fear that it could happen again. If you're far from the abuser or they're uh, they're no longer alive, you carry the guilt. The time is spent longing and wishing that you had gotten the chance to confront your abuser or abusers. Some of the norms about victims that are incredibly accepted is the social shaming of victims. It's automatic, and we even tend to berate the assaultee, not the predator. Watch in the news reports who gets the most airtime. The next time a news comes and carries a story about, say, a lawsuit of sexual abuse, guess who gets the airtime? Guess who is so fascinating? Sex traffickers and those running rings for the rich and powerful make sure this narrative persists. Money is behind that. That's my current evaluation. Some of the perceptions of society that help keep victims quiet, and I'm not just talking legally, but just from getting the incident told to someone and beginning to heal. They keep us quiet because society thinks these very wrong opinions. One, you wanted it. You were asking for the abuse and you got it. Two, you should have fought back. It's your fault that it happened. Three, well, you must have enjoyed it. You enjoyed it. Let's just face that the rich and powerful would like to keep the views I've articulated just the way they are because it allows them and their friends to get away with this stuff. If sexual abuse were truly looked down upon in society by the large majority, it would be the abuser who would be shamed, ostracized, displaced from jobs or home, not the victim who never chose the abuse. Let's face that it is the rich and powerful putting out the propaganda in movies, books, and news that the victim did something wrong to deserve what they got, an idea that is wholly outlandish. Ask yourself, just ask yourself, why do we consider the victims of abuse, the survivors of sexual trauma, weak or outcasts? If they're strong enough to live through the physical and emotional damage that they did. Think about how things are portrayed in the news. Again, okay, 
movie plots where over and over again, the female gets abducted and assaulted. Even children, such as on CSI SVU, the TV show. Let's get back to that now. The villain gets all the airtime. Do you know who Tarana Burke is? How much airtime has Tarana Burke gotten? How much have you heard Tarana Burke in the news? Well, she's the founder of the Me Too movement that many, including affluent Hollywood stars, piggybacked on. And they never gave the credit to this young African-American woman, Tarana Burke, who started the movement to help those who did not have a voice find a way to stand up to their abusers. Tarana Burke helped us all all sex assault survivors. But her book and her name are not that prominent in the news. Instead, the news is dominated by Jeffrey Epstein and Ghislaine Maxwell, Prince Andrew, the abusers. And the lawsuit clients are victimized again in the news by the reporter's handling of it. They often misrepresent the victims or poorly represent them, while glaring details are offered for the predator Oh, it's easy to find out about them in one click. Sex sells. But the news outlets prop up the abusers in the news. Just watch out for that in your own news feed to see that it's true. I understand the protection of the privacy of the victim is necessary due to possible retaliation. Some of it is related to that. But that's in legal trials. When a victim willingly comes out, What I see is that they have trouble getting airplay. And often they're coming forward to help others, to make sure others do not commit suicide following the mental stress of their attacks. You're tuned in to The Frankie Files. Hey everybody, check it out. Anchor by Spotify is the easiest way to start a podcast. It has all the tools in one place that you need right from your phone or computer to edit and publish your podcast. When hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast on listing platforms such as Spotify, Apple, Amazon, and more. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. And best of all, Anchor is totally free. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started now. I'm using it right along with you. Okay, the trial of Jeffrey Epstein. Let's talk about that. The victims had to endure weeks, months, and years of watching the trafficker of minors and his sidekick, Ghislaine Maxwell, parade free in front of them publicly denying wrongdoing and slandering the victims. Pictures of Epstein with Bill Clinton, Donald Trump, Prince Andrew were paraded as the victims sought retribution, only reinforcing that the rich and powerful stick together and rarely get served justice on them. This man got airtime. Then the months of coverage of his trial, including gory details of his victimization process, drug on. The indoctrination of society makes a statement to us that they are worth the airtime. They're rich. They sell papers. They are intriguing. But guys, this is a signal being sent to those people. You can get away with it if you have good lawyers and are well-connected. You can lie and say it was consensual and that the victims were of age. 
publicly, and to TV and news, internationally. In this case, I found it astounding the judge for the Epstein trial even went on record to say that he would not allow testimony of 40-plus women willing to come forward. He would allow testimony of, drumroll, one. Just one. No pressure, right? This one girl who was chosen to testify has to represent 40, and I'm sure many more, other victims. That really sent a message to us in society that victims will not be given a chance to articulate and speak out. Don't bother. Refer back to the popular societal views towards survivors. You wanted it. You didn't fight back. You enjoyed it once it started or it wouldn't have happened. So not recognizing the entrapment that can be a huge part of nonviolent assaults Threats, coercions, and intimidation go quite far, coming from a figure of authority, a figure of power, trapping its victim into playing along with sexual requirements. To recap that trial briefly, Epstein was charged with sex trafficking, hundreds of minors to his private island, Little St. James, in USA, in the New York area. He bought the island in 1998. It went on a long time, with many powerful men as participants. He was charged with sex trafficking, a minor, and then committed suicide in prison quite promptly after the verdict. Can't remember, you know, how many years they gave him. Many victims who never got to confront him directly, we rarely get that chance, believe that he was killed to keep the secrets of the rich and powerful, who, of course, can reach anyone. How do you think the victims felt? He really never paid for what he did to so many. That had to be really difficult. The only soulless being, he's no longer alive to traffic and ruin more young girls. Recently, Maxwell, Epstein's lover and accomplice, was charged with 60 years for sex trafficking minors. David Boyes, who represents 12 of the victims suing, said, This is a verdict that is a victory for those survivors. They deserve the credit. The vindication is theirs. The survivors had to endure not only the initial sex abuse, but the abuse in the media Epstein and Maxwell subjected them to. This was a long time coming, he said. Yes, and his point is not lost on me. These pedophiles choose to shame the victims for coming forward, something predators around the world do to scare their prey into silence. That's the strongest, loudest narrative in the press, and that needs to change. Why are they given a voice? Let's get more into these sexual assault trials in the news. There have been quite a few in the recent couple of years. The victims live their own rape and assault experiences over when this dominates the news. I did. And I don't know if you've noticed, there's rarely a trigger warning given. The news trots this out to get viewership, so the more salacious, the better. The victims be damned. They have to get those ratings, right? So I've been, especially in 2021, during the writing of my book, watching the news about a storm one minute and then the next minute, bawling my head off from memories being triggered by the congressional hearing of the Olympic medalists, for an example. There was so much television coverage of this trial. The sexual abuse trial of sports, Dr. Larry Nassar, or Nassar. Larry Nassar abused from the 1990s to 2018 hundreds of young people as a sports doctor at Michigan State University 
and then for the U.S. Women's Olympic Gymnasts. His victims were 330 in number. (laughs) Astonishing. His plaintiffs were 150-something. Only half chose to sue. And to me, that speaks to the fact that victims live in fear of retribution the rest of their life. It's a yoke. It's a yoke of fear that we carry and we must learn to put down. Ongoing abuse was aided and abetted by the Olympic Committee, who chose to remain silent and to recommend silence to those brave girls who first came forward about being molested during mandatory team doctor treatments. A lot were at the ranch run by Bella and Martha Caroli, Romanian coaches who offered no protection at the ranch the Olympic girl gymnasts trained at and were minors without parents at for weeks at a time. Truly astonishing. He had complete access to the girls. He was an upstanding member of society. Respected, right? The lawsuit became an international spectacle, especially because the community of Olympians is international. The whole world was watching. Nasser got 60 years at Club Fed, a federal prison. Now, finally in 2022, new leadership is being looked at for an Olympic committee. It took that long. I find it difficult, and I was a stripper, that these young women have to wear the thong-style leotard in high def for the camera. Child porn dreams. Men do not wear those thongs that go up their butt. Why do women? The girls are not even knowledgeable about the perverts looking in on them. They're just doing what they love. Gymnastics. In some countries, there have recently been protests by female volleyball players, pro players, who no longer wear the thong but shorts. They simply decided they didn't want to parade a bare ass in front of international TV just because they're in the field of volleyball, just because they're pro world athletes. And I do not have a problem with the nudity, but I do find that women should be able to choose what's comfortable for them. Athletes especially who have to go through rigorous movement should not be worried if that little floss would slip and expose them on national and international TV close-up. It just needs to focus on their talent, not their lady parts, is all I'm saying. Let's stop using them like that. That would be a start. So back to Nasser. In this trial, it was exposed that the Olympic gymnast team members who were so brave to speak out They said in hotels and places they received pre-performance doctor treatments, they were being molested by this perv Nasser, an upstanding member of society, right? Who could not get enough. He could not get enough. These preteens and teens were told to keep quiet while it was looked into. By the Olympic Committee, another year went by. Every year that went by, more victims were abused finally reaching 330 young women he could not stop violating. So now you see the courage it takes for one person to speak out, and they are seriously representing all who are currently enduring the abuse. It just takes one. I mean, does a predator ever abuse just one? That's the power of speaking out, even if you have to stand alone, like I am. 
and be the only one speaking out. You represent all others who've been hurt by this person. And it feels good to stand up for all those who could not find the courage. The Olympic Committee, it was revealed, actually told them to be quiet. And it drug its feet in reporting the abuse to the FBI. The man kept abusing more. Hundreds of girls who were just trusting their mandatory team sports doctor. That's too much power. You're tuned in to The Frankie Files. After they had to endure Larry Nassar's trial, an investigation which was televised took place in Congress. I watched it. Some members of Congress asked the question grilling the FBI in what I call a sham theater spectacle. Grilling the FBI why they drugged their feet and even covered up for Nasser or minimized the complaints and did not take action on them. The FBI, it was revealed, even interviewed minors without their parents and failed to follow protocol on having a parent or guardian present during all interviews of victims. Wow. It was a shit show. Mock questions were thrown at the FBI director during this congressional hearing in 2021, asking things like, why did you not pursue a proper investigation into Nasser? Why did you not pursue an investigation into the Olympic Committee? The witnesses who were so brave were asked to give their comments to Congress, and I felt so bad for them. They're being sexualized and scrutinized, and I can assure you that the FBI director didn't stand down on this case because of lack of motivation. But clearly, someone told him to back off. A missing person gets more play than what happened to them as they learned a doctor had abused hundreds of girls while employed by the U.S. Olympic gymnast team. It was just for show, I tell ya. Even the old congressional men doing the interviewing of the girls seemed to be putting things in their spank bank. It was pretty horrific to watch. Another public shaming went heroic. Simone Biles posted during the Olympics that she had the spins and was taking a mental health break. She was dragged by old men on social media calling her un-American for not participating in only a few competitions. <laughs> I'd like to see them flip upside down. Ridiculous. So, you see, if you speak out, you'll be harassed from the corners of the earth. You'll be ridiculed. I personally, I'm ready for that. Come on. Here's a great example what the victim is put through publicly. Victim shaming. In case you ever wondered what was going on, it's called gaslighting. Anyone sitting at home ready to be encouraged by the young women's strength and courage is immediately scared after watching them be torn to shreds emotionally. This is the cycle of propaganda that keeps people silent. This is the narrative the rich and powerful want to keep dominant. It's propaganda. It truly is. It's called victim shaming, and it's wrong. It's the societal norm, period, and it's very effective. This is what I want to change. While the abuser is sentenced and going to jail and will be out of the limelight and behind bars seemingly powerless, the victim is still in their jail, public, ready to be shamed by anyone, anywhere, simply for choosing to speak out. Monica Lewinsky comes to mind. The victim also has to live with the memories and PTSD of the event that happened. That's a lifelong jail. That is inside you. That never goes away. And the abuser knows this very much. 
They wanted inside you. They wanted to violate you. That's what they wanted the most. Real estate in your head, just taken by force. They took stolen land. They took it by force. Point of covering this topic is that society participates in victim shaming. The courts participate in victim shaming. The mainstream media participates in victim shaming. The little guy or girl still experiencing this right now has no voice. Only the rich and powerful, truly connected to the elite, have a voice. How can we affect change of this? First, in our own minds. We need to address the very thorough indoctrination which we have all swallowed. The propaganda is all wrong. Well, yeah, guess who wrote it? It was her fault. It was his fault. The problem is a predator gets into a position of authority in order to accomplish his or her abuse. And it is allowed. If the victim speaks up, the person of authority is rarely questioned. Why? How could you say that? He's a doctor. Why, how could you say that? He's a priest. Why, how could you say that? She's a nun, a teacher, an upstanding person in society. They're rich, respected, and well-known. Let's face it, money buys good media for anyone. Spin. That's why poor people can easily get a bad rap. It's that simple. Money makes the world go round, right? Let's see through all the BS here. The rich and powerful, the authorities, are the ones putting out this constant and this very loud narrative as a cover for each other. The narrative that they are respectable buys them space and time from being scrutinized and discovered. They own media. They control the propaganda. They write the movies focused on virgins as a prize to be ruined, to be ruined and destroyed. Those are the most fun, right? They are loud and it's working. But it's time to forge a new future, folks. Example, how many films follow this script? It's been normalized. Okay, so girl on campus gets raped by frat boy. Girl reports it. Rich family lawyers hired. Girl is portrayed as exaggerating her lying and the victim is shamed. She was a slut. She took him to her room. What did she expect would happen? Boy feels empowered and does it again. Look, it doesn't matter if she was curious about him. She was having fun. He still has no automatic rights over her body. It's a lie. It's not her problem. She didn't do anything wrong. If she changes her mind because the guy has a crooked penis, that doesn't give him the right to rape her because he was almost there. Think about it. That's just not how it works. Women rape too. Same goes. Do not trick someone into doing something they do not want. That's rape. That's molestation. That's the reality narrative. Those who falsely claim are a part of the problem, too. Rape is not a tool to cry wolf with to shame someone or get money. That's war. These people are assisting in the narrative that falsely exonerates predators. The outlook society has towards victims of unwanted sexual advances, molestation, violent rape has got to change. It won't if we don't call ourselves on it first. Okay, so... I'm seeking feedback on a couple of questions from all of you. What's a better title for sex assault victim? How can we change the narrative of society and make sure we do not accept 
and perpetrate the sick and twisted idea that the victim is at the fault, ever. You'd be surprised at your own thinking while listening to the news next time. Check yourself. How do you frame the victim? And then take the time to evolve yourself on this topic. If you're a survivor, help me think of a better title. Because there has to be one out there. If you're a survivor, this one goes out to you. You didn't do anything wrong. You're going to be okay. Let's do this together. You can definitely reach out to me. I'm here for you. Until next time. You're tuned in to The Frankie Files.